Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or whenever you're listening to this. This is the Study Apply Thrive podcast. It's called Study Apply Thrive because when you study the Word of God and apply it to your life, you will thrive in every area of living. I am Vita Cash, your host. I am also the Director of Women's Ministry at Flow Church, headquartered in Bowie, Maryland. We're about to have a good time getting into the Word. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. If you are a repeat listener, or or a subscriber. Welcome back. You guys know that I'm silly. I like to have fun, but most of all, I love the word of God and I'm excited to share with you on today. So grab your tea. I'm drinking hibiscus tea, your Bible, your journal, your electronic device, your favorite pen, or however you take notes and let's dive into the word of God. It's March, 2020. Why am I saying that? Because I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but knowing what time in this season we're in is really important to the teaching I'm about to share with you. Because right now in our world, we're dealing with something called the coronavirus, and it's been called COVID-19 and so many other things, but it's an illness that's going around the world, um, and it's just been traveling from place to place. And so there are a lot of precautions that are being taken place. Um, That that didn't come out right, did it? (laughs) There are a lot of precautions that we're being urged to put in place to keep our families safe, to keep our families healthy, and to try to, what they're calling, um, flatten the line or meaning slow down the progress of this illness. And I want to talk about it a little bit today because I know that as women, as wives, as moms, as professionals, teachers, entrepreneurs who have businesses who may have to close temporarily, there are probably some questions that you have. And I want to give you some answers from the word of God. And let me be very upfront. I am not a scientist, not even a little bit. My baby girl loves science. And so my extent of science is I'm a homeschool mom and I teach her science and we do experiments together. And she probably knows a lot more about science than I do. So I'm not about to give you any insight about the science of this. I've been praying about it and the Lord has not given me any insight about the science of this, but he has given me insight about how we can be at peace because sometimes with uh, just being in a society where information is on a 24 hour hour cycle, we have the ability to get information through social media, through um, Wi-Fi, through websites, through um, constant news channels that just run all the time. We can be on information overload and sometimes information overload can cause stress and anxiety when it need not be. And so what I'm going to share with you today is more so about how to maintain your peace during times like this, not so much about the science. If you want some science about what's going on, I would recommend that you pray first and then you go to the CDC's website. Um, Don't go to a celebrity's website. Don't go to your favorite singer's website or your favorite um, entertainer's Twitter account or their Instagram page, unless that famous singer or entertainer or actor also happens to be a microbiologist or someone who's um, has a degree in epidemics or things like that. Other than that, just let them do what they do in the vein that they've been anointed to do it. Please do not go to your favorite rapper's website to find out the, the news on coronavirus. Don't do that. Step number one, don't do that. But the first thing before we get into how to be at peace, I want you to notice something that we have been forced to slow down our world. Um, we are right now under 
an encouragement to stay at home, an encouragement to self-quarantine, even if you're not ill. And I believe that most of you listening tonight or today or this morning or whenever you're listening to this, you're not ill, but you've been encouraged to stay at home to try to slow down the, the spreading of this virus. You've been encouraged to do something called social distancing, where you're not more than six feet um you're no more than six, you're six feet away from other people, not necessarily the people in your family who you know are not contagious. But if you happen to go to the grocery store, if you happen to go to a restaurant and pick up carry out because you can't sit in any restaurant right now, or well, at least where I live, right outside the Washington DC area, all the restaurants here are closed. You can only do delivery or pickup. And so you're not going anywhere to be social. The movie theaters are closed. The libraries are closed. The community centers are closed. Churches are encouraged not to gather when you have more than so many people. And praise the Lord, we have more people than that in our in our church, but that means we can't meet in person. So there's a lot of closings going on and it's encouraging you to slow down and in a society where information and everything happens so fast slowing down probably feels uncomfortable for many of you but I want you to celebrate the fact that God has given you an extended holiday to get some things done and even if getting something done is as simple as you taking the much needed nap that you need or you getting to that load of laundry or you finishing that novel that you've been kind of slowly working your way through since you got it last year for your birthday because you're so busy you really don't have time to read where you get to do a puzzle with your family or you get to play a game with your family or do FaceTime with your girlfriends. Take pleasure in the time that God has given you. Don't allow society to paint everything as a bad picture, but this is really a gift, an opportunity to slow down and really reflect, maybe work on your personal goals, um, maybe work out, praise the Lord. Okay. Let's go with that one. (laughs) Work out, clean out your closet, organize your pantry, uh, clean out your garage. There are so many things you can be doing with this time. If you're working from home, I want you to be integratable about that and actually be working from home. If someone is paying you to work from seven to three or from nine to five, do what you're being paid to do because we, we reap what we sow. And so you have to be a person of integrity to do that. And so I want to start with that. Just don't, don't be, um, anxious by the fact that the world is slowing down right now. Just enjoy it. Enjoy going for walks with your family. Enjoy going for walks by yourself. (laughs) Enjoy whatever you're doing. And even though you can't physically go and visit other people, I mean, you you can, but it's not recommended that you do use wisdom with that. And we're going to talk about using wisdom tonight anyway. But we have all this technology. You can FaceTime with people. You can Zoom with people. You can do conference calls with people. Now you can have lunch with your girlfriend by both of you sitting down at your at your kitchen table. I was about to say Christmas table at your kitchen table and getting on FaceTime and eating together at the same time. This is not an impossible situation, um, but it is a situation that we need to be prayerful about. That we need to really tap into what Holy Spirit wants to do in us during this time, because I believe that all things work together for our good. And I don't believe that because I heard somebody else say, but because I heard my Lord say it in the word, all things work together for our good. And so there is something that God wants to work out on the inside of you during this time, even if it's just you drawing closer to him, or if it's you diving into the word or you working on becoming a better you so that you can glorify him in the earth at a different level, making a greater impact than what you're already making. 
But I can tell you this, this is not going to be a waste of your time. Um, your children will still be able to graduate from school. Your children will still be educated. They will not have to repeat third grade unless they were already on that that path anyway. Um, this two or three weeks or however long it's going to be is not going to be a doom for your family. You're not going to be financially bankrupt because you're a giver and a tither. And the Bible says that those who are tithers in Malachi chapter three, you live under an open heaven. So there are some things as mature believers that you already had in place that you didn't realize they were storing up for such a time as this. And so we don't have to panic during, during times like that because we live a lifestyle of faith and our faith prepares us and strengthens us when troubles come because trouble is going to come. Being a believer does not make us exempt from trouble, but it prepares us to deal with trouble. It gives us insight. It gives us wisdom. It gives us strategies and tools to begin to, to be able to deal with things when they come. Things happen. Unbelievable things happen. Things that we didn't see coming. I mean, this is like a sci-fi movie. <laughs> my mom watches. We always laugh at my mom and she's probably listen to this podcast and she's going to call me and say, girl, don't talk about me on your podcast. But anyway, she's not here. She can't come over here. So I'm going to go for it, right? <laughs> I'm so silly, which I know that already. <laughs> My mom looks, looks at these crazy sci-fi movies like the giant shark that walked on land. I mean, I don't even know how she finds these movies and they are so hilarious, but they're meant to be scary or they're meant to be um, thought provoking, but they are so outrageously funny that whenever she comes over, we are cracking up laughing at these things. And that's what I feel like is going on now in our society. Not the funny part, but just it's like a sci-fi movie. You know, there's this, this big virus going around. Everybody's inside. And if you go to grocery stores, the shelves are bare. I mean, how many rolls of toilet paper do you need for the four people who live in your house? Why did you, why did you buy five cases of toilet paper? Why do you need six gallons of milk? It's going to spoil before you can even consume it. But that's what happens when you're not prepared for things. And it's not about already having a full fridge because if you're like me, I'm a busy mom. Sometimes we don't have food in the fridge, not because we don't have the money, but just because we did not have the time to go and get it. And I'm like, okay, toast for breakfast, toast for lunch and toast for dinner. You guys won't die. I mean, that's just how, how it works sometimes. Um, but when, when but when you, you have a plate of something in place to deal with that. And so when calamities come and when hard times come, Holy Spirit on the inside of you should be able to minister to you a strategic plan as to how to best deal with this for your family. And so if you got to this place with this situation happening in our world today and you didn't have a plan, don't worry about it. Holy Spirit still has you covered, but I want you to use it as a life lesson that you'll never be caught off guard again when something happens because things are going to happen. So use this as a springboard to dive into your relationship with the Lord even more, that you're going to read the word more. You're going to be intentional more about the word. You're going to be intentional about your prayer life, being intentional, intentional about studying the word, applying the word. So when things happen, you can still thrive. You can still be happy. You can still sleep well and be at peace because you've prepared for such a time as this. And the Bible says in the gospels that we have been called for such a time as this, that things may catch us off guard, but nothing catches God off guard. And everything that we've experienced from um, 
up until this time, God can use all of those things to help us be victorious during this time. And so if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, please write at the top of your journal page. This is not going to be the end for me. There's joy coming after this. My finances are fine. My family is fine. Our health is fine. If you're a pastor listening to this, your church will be just fine. Your church can survive not having in-person service for one or two or three weeks. Your, Your church is stronger than that. Your church can survive. God will provide the same message you've been preaching to your to your congregation that God will provide for your household. God will provide for the household of God. And you don't have to have services just so you can pay bills. God will provide because you've been a good steward over the household, over the household of household of faith's money up until this time. So you have money in the bank. You have savings because you've been a good steward over the church's money. And so this is not going to take you out and God can raise up a financial miracle for your church. You will not lose momentum. Your church will continue to grow. Your church will continue to thrive. Your ministry will continue to get people saved. It will continue to do outreach. You will be able to deal with this. Your household will not uh, fall apart. Your your household is not going to be depleted. You know, you're going to be able to get through this. So allow that to give you peace. And I'm not teaching any of that today. I just wanted to give you some peace and some instruction about that. Just enjoy this moment and this season that God has slowed down the world for you. Work on your goals. Look at your vision board. Uh, work on a certification. Share what you're reading with other people. Clean your house. Just get all the little things you've been wanting to do. Get those things done and enjoy this quiet time because guess what? This is going to end and then you're going to be expected to jump back into the world the way it used to be. But I want you to jump back in as a better person. And I want when you jump for there to be a bigger impact by your footsteps because you're so prepared and you're spending so much time with God during this season. Okay, praise God. I hope that bless you. Okay, uh, Proverbs chapter two. We're going to talk about wisdom because there are a lot. (laughs) There are a lot of things going around about um was going on with, with the coronavirus. I, I heard one person say, one, one person literally told me that I need to go out and buy a Bunsen burner so that I'll be able to cook food. And I said, wow, is the coronavirus going to infect the electric company? You know, what's going on there? And then I heard one person tell me I need to have gallons and gallons and gallons of water so that me and my family could bathe. And I said, wow, is it going to get into the water system? You know, I thought this was uh, something that was being passed um, by being in close, close proximity with people, by sneezing on people, coughing on people, not washing your hands was the biggest way to you, you get it. You don't wash your hands. You put your hands in your face, your mouth, your nose, your eyes, your ears or whatever. And then that's how you were getting it. Similarly to how you get the flu. Now I'm not comparing coronavirus to the flu because again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor and I don't want to misguide you there, but it's my understanding that it's passed the same way. So I don't know how we got to the panic mode of um, there's going to be no electricity and no gas and no water. And we're going to be in the house for months and months and not going to be able to cook food. The lady told me I need to go get some some beef jerky. I need to learn how to cook nuts so I can have nuts as protein. I'm allergic to nuts. So that'd be a real big problem for me. Now, you know, I, I, I don't know, but that just sounded a little bit out of the realm of wisdom. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is when it comes to any kind of calamity in your life, and I'm using calamity because it's a Bible word, but 
Really what I'm saying is something that you perceive to be disastrous, something that you perceive to be a threat to your livelihood, something that is technically a threat to your livelihood. Sometimes it is an actual threat. You have to, the first thing you have to do is to pray for godly wisdom about it. And you can't jump on the bandwagon of what everybody else is saying, because what you have to always ask yourself in times like this, and then even in calm times is where did that person get their information? And then where did that person get their information? information? And then where did that person get their information? You want to understand the the chain of how the information is getting to you. And when I asked the woman, well, why do you think I need a Bunsen burner? She said, well, you know, they said, I said, well, they who? Well, you know, they said, well, who, who is they? And then, well, don't worry about the Bunsen burner. Just get a grill and some charcoal. Okay. Not, not so far-fetched. Did you grill and charcoal? Actually, not a bad idea. It was nice weather here today. And, you know, we like to grill out when it's nice outside. But I still wanted to know, well, where'd you get that information? And she couldn't tell me beyond, well, they said. Well, as women of God, as wise women of God, we have to be able to stand with a point of authority as a person of authority when we're giving people information, especially during times that are uncertain. We can't be a, a sounding board or a tape recorder constantly hitting play when we go into a new audience for something that we heard that we don't know the source of it. So we have a responsibility as women of God to minister to those around us, our spouses, our children, our friends, our customers, if we're business owners, our staff, you know, wherever we encounter people, we have to be women who are committed to ministering from a point of truth. And I'm not saying truth versus a malicious lie. I'm saying truth versus foolishness, you know, because foolishness is not rooted in truth. It's it's urban urban legend, it's myth, is whatever they said, is whatever uh, the social media people are saying and things like that. Social media isn't always wrong, but it's absolutely not always right. And so before we go and repeat something, we have to be willing to have godly wisdom on it to be sure that what is what we're about to say even bears repeating. And if what we heard deserves to be stored in our long-term memory, sometimes we need to hear things and say, mm, not receiving that and reject it. Now, for most people... When you reject something, it doesn't instantly leave your memory. You might still have hold on to it for a day or so. But if you're diligent about rejecting certain things after a day or so, that thought has gone away from you. And we have a promise of that in the New Testament and Corinthians. It says, casting down every imagination and every thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And so... As you're going through social media or talking to friends or looking at the news or looking at press conferences or talking to whomever you're talking to, you have to ask yourself, is this a thought that I need to store or is this a thought I need to pull down, cast down and throw away because it's not rooted in truth. But the way that you know if something is rooted in truth is you have to be able to filter it through the word of God. You can't filter it through your emotions. You can't filter it even through your experiences. You have to be able to filter it through the word of God and say, okay, this sounds like something credible and it's credible because I have a Holy Ghost witness about it. Because if you look through your Bible, there's no scripture that talks about coronavirus. There, You won't find COVID-19 in your scriptures, but you will. If you go back to the book of Exodus, you will see how the Egyptians were... Uh, the, the their society had the plagues. Remember the locusts and the famine and um, they had to put the blood on the door because of the Passover. So you see all throughout scripture, 
about people being um, struck with different things happening in society. And guess what happened? The people, the the Bible says it like this, the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. But the difference between the just and the unjust is that the just, meaning those who are saved by grace because we've received Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we have a plan and a strategy to get something done that makes sense. The unjust doesn't have that. And even though we all have the science, the unjust doesn't have the anointing to go with the science. They only have the science. And so we can take and listen to the science, but we want to add to that the power of the anointing, the promises of God. And when we put those things together, there's nothing that can ever take us out that God did not intend because we have the power of God. We have the promises of God. We have everything that God wants us to have for us to successfully navigate anything that happens and for us to come out with a great testimony, something beyond I bought a Bunsen burner. <laughs> you know, when I was talking to that woman, all I could see, because y'all know I'm always on joke time, always, always on joke time is when I was in high school taking chemistry, and I actually enjoyed chemistry. <laughs> when I was taking chemistry, we had an um, experiment lab or a science lab, I guess is what it's called. And before every class, the teacher will always point out the eyewash center. Y'all remember the eyewash center in the science labs? <laughs> and so I was thinking, well, if I buy a Bunsen burner, do I need an eyewash center too? Because you know I am always on joke time. It just seemed a little far-fetched for me. And it wasn't, you know, go to a camping store and get an outside oven or out because you, you can buy an outside stove if you're an outdoors person. Please email me and tell me what the, the actual title to that is. I know it's not called an outside stove, but something like that. But a Bunsen burner that is designed for a science lab. I just saw me heating up chicken noodle soup and a little test tube. And it just didn't, it, the, the picture just didn't click together for me. And I decided that's probably not the wisdom of God for most people to have a Bunsen burner. But there is a wisdom from God. So look at Proverbs chapter two. Y'all don't laugh at me too bad. <laughs> Proverbs chapter two, verse one says, my son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments within thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. If thou cry after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seek her as silver and search for her uh, for hid treasures, then, that, then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For God giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Drop down to verse uh, 11. It says, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. So it's saying here that wisdom is a very important thing for the believer and that we should incline ourselves to wisdom, that we should be seeking after wisdom. It says, seek for wisdom like you're seeking for silver or fine treasure. And none of us in 2020 are really looking for treasure unless you're a treasure hunter um, in the sense of evangelism. Um, you're not looking for treasure or you're not looking for silver. What this means is like you're looking for an increase in your business or an increase or your job or like you're looking for finances, the way that you're looking for a way to get rich, the way that you're looking for, and, and I mean that in integrity, I'm not talking about some scheme, the way that you're looking for ways to um, invest wisely in the stock market or increase your 501k or to increase your credit scores so that you can, you know, just have integrity in the financial world so that 
the way that you want a good performance review so that you can qualify for the cost of living um, increase. And you, you're, you're worth more than cost of living increase, but that's a whole nother series. We'll talk about finance another time. But the way that you're looking for that, he says, the Bible says, look for wisdom and look for understanding that way and search for it and incline your ear to it and be willing to hide it in your heart and lay it up and store it up. Um, verse nine says, that thou shalt understand righteousness and judgment and iniquity and every good path. And then um, in verse 11, it says, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. So during this time where we're dealing with this illness that's going throughout our society, it's not going to be the science that's going to keep us and preserve us. It's going to be the discretion and the understanding that we get from being wise women that's going to keep us. And so it's so important for us to be women who are seeking after wisdom and seeking after knowledge as it relates to our health in this season, because that and that alone is what's going to preserve us. It's not going to be listening to the crazy naysayers. It's not going to be I'm having pride and saying I'm not going to listen to that because I have the anointing is not going to be that is applying sound wisdom to our lives. The wisdom of wash your hands and you should have been washing your hands already. My son, who is also a comedian, um, when he kept hearing the news about people washing their hands, he said, wait, people weren't washing their hands already. <laughs> you know, you should already be washing your hands. And if not, go ahead and wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. Don't worry about your hands becoming dry. You can buy some good lotion later. You can go, go old school and get some Vaseline petroleum jelly and smather it all over you. But you want to do the simple things. Don't think that, you know, the scripture that says no deadly poison shall, shall affect me. Or I can have, I can drink poison unaware and it won't do anything to me, but you are aware that there is a virus going around because you can't, and it's everywhere. It's on every news outlet. It's on everything. It's on, it's everywhere. So you can't use the excuse. Well, I didn't know it was deadly. You know that it's deadly. So you need to apply the wisdom that God is putting in the earth to protect you and to protect your family from this. And when you have wisdom, you can rest well at night. You don't have to worry about it. You have to be stressed. You don't have to walk around your house with a surgery, a uh, surgical mask on, um, because first of all, the virus is not airborne. <laughs> Unless somebody sneezes in your face or coughs in your face, it's not airborne. Someone can sneeze on a bag of chips in the store and then you touch the bag of chips. But now how that transfers to you is if you don't wash your hands before you eat those chips, but it's not airborne. So I'm kind of wondering why so many people walk around with masks on. It's interesting to me. But anyway, you have to understand and have wisdom and understanding about what's going on. And that's not that is not just for this particular situation. It's for anything that happens in your life. Why is my credit score low? Why does my tummy keep hurting? Why is my back hurting? Why does my hat my my head hurt? Why does my child become rebellious every time this happens? Why am I bumping head with my teenagers? Why is my marriage doing this? Why you have to go to God. Hear what I'm saying? You have to go to God and ask God to reveal some things to you about your part of the solution because God plays a part and you have a part. And sometimes somebody else has a part and all you can do is your part. And so you have to be willing to do your part, but do it through the filter in the eyes of wisdom, not just because everybody else is doing it. You know, so you might think, well, I shouldn't have to do social distancing because I'm a purpose. I'm a person of faith, but you 
can't expect for everybody else to have the same faith level as you. And you have to protect yourself sometimes from the ignorant. Uh-oh, yeah. You have to protect yourself from the ignorant because you may be a person who washes your hands and uses hand sanitizer and bleaches your, your counters down and things like that. But what about the person who's sitting next to you in the restaurant who doesn't do any of that, who sneezes all over the place, who wiped their nose and then went up to the the salad bar and grab the tongs and that you came behind them. That's really gross, but stuff like that happens all the time. So when you know that there's something going on in society, don't test God. Don't test God's faithfulness. If he's given you a mandate that, hey, it's okay for you to pull back and just enjoy this season of slowing down. It's not that you're being put in bondage by the regulations and the recommendations that the CDC is putting forth. It's an invitation for you to slow down. It's an invitation for you to enjoy the presence of your family, enjoy your home that you've worked so hard for, that wonderful, beautiful home that you have, or enjoy sitting in the home that you have now, dreaming about the new one that God's going to give you, enjoying whatever you can do in this time. Don't allow somebody to label something for you. I read this book one time and it had a chapter and it was called No Labels, that when things happen in your life, don't label it as good or bad. Just see how it works out and how God understands allows it to unfold. And sometimes things that we would initially want to label as bad, God will use it for our good. And sometimes things that we would initially label as good turns out to just be a distraction. So just as things come, it is what it is. And I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to wait for Holy Spirit to give me wisdom about it. I'm going to wait for God to give me instruction about it. And then I'm going to act accordingly because that's what we do as believers. And so I want you to be encouraged that I'm going to be a woman of wisdom when it comes to this situation and any other situation. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon of what other people are saying. I'm going to get wisdom about what is the best thing for me. So I'm going to move to another scripture. I got to tell y'all a story. I know I always got a, a funny story. <laughs> so my baby's birthday is coming up and I wanted to make her birthday cake. And so I went out today to get some eggs. And of course, the grocery store didn't have eggs, right? So I went to three, th- three, th- three stores. I think we went to three stores looking for eggs. I finally did find eggs in the last store I went to. Obviously, I wouldn't go to another store if I found eggs. So the last store I went to, I found eggs. Pastor Russell and I drive down the street. And we see this long line outside the gun shop. And we're like, what? Well, it's a sporting goods store, but it also sells guns. And I'm like, are people, because they can't go to work, are they going fishing? You know, are they going hunting? What is what is the line? I mean, literally a line wrapped around the building. And Pastor Rosa said, oh, you haven't heard. I said, no, I haven't heard. He said that gun sales are going up because of the virus. I said, gun sales? What, what is going on? Because people have it in their mind those sci-fi movies that my mom watches, that it's going to be such chaos in society that they're going to have to protect their homes. And so they're going out purchasing um, ammunition and handguns and firearms in case somebody raised their house for what, for the hundred rows of toilet paper they have? Just foolishness, <laughs> just sheer foolishness. And I don't want you to get caught up in that. I mean, it, it is really unnecessary when you have the peace of God and you have the wisdom of God 
God will tell you exactly what you need to do. And if this thing drags out, God will always provide. We are people of faith. We do not go into panic mode. We go into prayer mode. We go into fast mode. We go into sewing mode. We go into taking care of the business of the kingdom because when we take care of the kingdom, all of these things will be added unto us. We go into who we really are. We have the mind of Christ according to Philippians 2 and 5. We have the anointing of Christ. We have Holy Spirit. We use all of our spiritual tools first. We don't go into all the panic mode and go into all the man-made things that the world says we should be doing. We go into our holy of holy's place and we pray and we believe God and we worship and we wait for God to give us a plan. We go get food. We go get um, supplies. We go get those things, but we're not doing it in a panic. We're doing it as a place of, from a position of wisdom, from a position of peace and definitely stress-free. Definitely, definitely stress-free. Now turn over to Matthew chapter 25. I wish sometimes you guys could see the vivid, vivid, vivid imagination I have. And I'm like, wow, really? That, that happened? <laughs> that happened. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to read all this for you, but I want you to read it. I want you to read from verse 1, Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 down to verse 12. Verse 1 through verse 12. And this is the story of the 10 versions. There were five that were wise and five that were foolish. And I want you during this season to find yourself in the mode of the wise. I don't want you to be foolish. So look at verse one. It says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto 10 virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So here are these two groups of women. You have five foolish and five wise. What defined who was foolish and what defined who was wise? They both got the same message. They both went to the same location. So they both were able to decipher the information the same and get to the place in in the same fashion about the same time. They both understood, both groups understood what they were there for. They both had the same expectation of what was going to happen. So we really can't see just quite yet why one is foolish and why one is wise. But here comes the difference between the two. Verse three, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but they that were wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. The difference was that one group came prepared for more than right now, and the other group only came prepared for what was happening right now. The wise women were ready for now, and they had a plan for the future. The foolish only had a plan for right now. So while we're in this season of social distancing, of voluntary quarantine, of no movie theater, of no community center, of no library, and all the other no's that society has put on there. There's some yeses that God has given us. And do you have a plan to maximize what you can do right now that will prepare you for the future? When this season is over, and again, this season will be over, we will not be in this sense or in this situation for very long. When this is over, do you have a plan that will allow you to come out victorious 
after this is over, after the nighttime comes. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When you go down and read some more, it says that while the bridegroom tarried, they also slumbered and slept. Verse six. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. All those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us your oil for our lamps are gone out. So now here it is. The the foolish women, they were, they were good. They got there. They got there on time. They were probably dressed properly. They, um, they they had their lambs. They were ready for the moment, but they didn't have anything to sustain them after the moment ended, after what they had been praying for. We're all praying for this virus to go away, for society to be back to normal. We're praying for our elderly to not um, be susceptible to what's going on and our children and those who have asthma and respiratory. We're praying for all of that. But then when your prayer gets answered, do you have a plan in place to maximize what you've been praying for? Because now the, the the sound is alerted and they say, behold, the bridegroom cometh." All 10 of these virgins have been believing for the same thing, but only half of them were prepared to receive what they had been asking for. So then they turn to the foolish, turn to the wise and says, hey, you people who prepared, you people who had a plan, you women who were praying, you women who were fasting, give us some of what God gave you. Because that's what people do. They look at you and say, oh, you're the Christian. You're the mature one. It's your job to take care of the weak. But the wise women understood we both had the equal opportunity to do the same thing. We both had the equal opportunity to maximize this time of society slowing down. We had the equal opportunity to work on our goals or to work on our business or to catch up on rest or to spend time mending relationships with our family, to spend time building relationships with our children, to spend some time doing something that was going to propel us when this season was over. And so they turned to the wise women and say, give us what you have. And the wise women said, no. They said, no, because then it won't be enough for us. So you go to the person who sells oil and go and buy some because it wasn't that the foolish women didn't have means to get what they needed is that they chose not to do it. They chose not to prepare. They chose to sit and watch uh, another show another been they said they chose to sit and binge on another another show they chose to sleep all day they chose to do whatever they didn't talk to their kids they didn't spend time with their spouse they didn't spend any time in prayer they whatever it is they didn't do those things they chose to do something else and then look to the whim the women who did the things that would help them be successful in the future and said no it's your responsibility to take care of us and those women said no we don't have to do that And that's something that somebody needs to hear today, that it's not your job to take care of people who have the means to take care of themselves, but who won't. It's not your job to take care of people who have the ability to prepare and plan for themselves who won't do it. It's not your job to do that. It's your job to do what God tells you to do. And if God is not telling you to rescue those people, then it's not your job to rescue them because maybe God's trying to teach them a lesson and you step in and try to rescue them when God told you to continue on the path he put you on. That's another lesson for another time, but take out of that what you need to take from it. And so then when the foolish go to get the oil, because they had the money and they knew where the person who sold oil was, they, they weren't, they were just not prepared. It was no excuse. They just decided not to be prepared. Why they went to go do that 
the the bridegroom comes, the five wives go into the bridegroom and the doors lock. And then they get back and they're like, hey, let us in, let us in. And the bridegroom says to them, verse 12, but he answered and said, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Or another translation says, I don't recognize you because you don't look like the plan that we talked about. We had a conversation about what I wanted you to be doing in this season. And you don't look, you don't resemble the agreement that we had. And so when this is all over, are you going to resemble the agreement that you and God had? God said, I want you to work on your business plan. I want you to work on yourself. I want you to spend some time stretching in the morning, working on your balance, working on your weight. I want you to work on a financial plan. I want you to spend some quality time with your children. I want you to do something. One of my friends preached this about being intentional about your relationships. It's a powerful word she taught about being intentional about relationships. I want you to be intentional about spending time with your children, intentional about spending time um, with your spouse, intentional about spending time with God. I want you to work on your house. I want you to do everything that God put in your heart to do, everything that God told you to do. So when this is over, you'll be able to be recognized by God because he gave you a plan. He gave you an assignment. He's giving you something to do right now while the world is slowing down. God has given you something to do and only you and him know what it is, but He's giving you something to do. And when the door closes, when the bridegroom comes, he doesn't want you out trying to buy oil. He doesn't want you out trying to figure it out. He wants you in place so that you can maximize your future based on what's going on right now. And that's something so powerful that while everybody else in the world is out uh, just piling up on toilet paper and soap and bleach, that you're piling up on the word and you're piling up on the anointing and you're just allowing God to download to you ideas about your business, ideas about your health, about your children, about your household and you're doing all of that stuff. And when this is over, you come out with a business plan that is so amazing. You come out with a plan for your children that's so amazing. You come out with a new project that when you go back to your job and it's your time to present at the board meeting or the staff meeting, your your supervisor's like, oh my goodness, we need to promote this woman because she has this amazing plan and we need to give her... A- <laughs> I used to, I, I can't tell y'all I was about to say. <laughs> okay, let me tell y'all. I used to watch this show called The Wire. I was about to say we've got to give her points on the package. Y'all don't hold that. Y'all don't hold me to that. I was about to say we're gonna give her commission or give her some of the stocks because her idea is so amazing. You come up with this recipe that's so good, you can now sell your desserts to the local restaurants. You come up with an idea that's gonna take children's ministry to the next level because you're a children's church worker or you're one of the greeters um, or hosts at your church, you're going to take hospitality ministry to the next level that God just downloads all this stuff because you took the time to prepare during this season for what was going to happen when your prayers got answered. And that's what I want you to focus on, that this is very purposeful. This is very strategic. God does this, this None of this caught God by surprise, but I want you to be prepared to use it to your ability so that you can be a blessing to your household, to yourself, and to everybody that you encounter when all this is over. Because guess what? We are not going to be in the house. We're not going to be social distancing forever. It is not going to be years and years and years and years. It's going to, it's not, it's going to end. It's going to end. But the question is, are you going to be better? Or are you going to be the same or are you going to be worse? That Oh, that would be horrible for you to be worse. Are you going to be better than who you are right now? Because you took this time to focus on your relationship with the Lord. 
and to really hear what he wants to do for you in the next season. And look, let me tell you, some of the things that God's going to say to you, it might be totally different than what you're doing right now. God might tell you, you know what, this is not for you anymore. You need to do something different. You need to go ahead and build a business. You need to close your business and come work for somebody else, partner with somebody else. You need to do this. You need to do, you know, God's going to show you some wonderful things. He may change your diet. He may change your exercise routine. He might, oh, he might, just put a birth a book on the inside of you. There's so many things that God might have for you. And he's going to speak it to you during this time. Again, ladies, this is strategic. God knows exactly what he is doing. He is absolutely in control. This virus is not in control. The government is not in control. For us as believers, God is in control. And I want you to use this time to be a wise woman, to tap into the wisdom of God, to search for it as silver, search for it as treasure so that you can come out better than when a bridegroom comes, you'll be ready to go in. You won't be out buying oil. Well, I pray the word blessed you. I hope that I gave you some good nuggets to just meditate on for the rest of the week. I hope I made you laugh a little bit. Look, y'all don't hold me, hold it against me that I used to like The Wire. It was a good show. It was a good show. <laughs> but if it's too much for you, just don't watch it. You know, just like the movies my mom watched, just don't watch it. I'm still a woman of faith. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you are in the, uh, no, I was going to say if you're in the Bowie area, don't matter where you are, you can watch us online. Um, You can watch us online this Sunday at 10 a.m. And then again, another rebroadcast broadcast at 6.30 p.m. And those are both Eastern Standard Chimes. Our our website for where you can tune in is live.flow-church.tv. Live.flow-church.tv. You can also get that on our website. We have study groups that meet Monday through Saturday. Um, some are during the day, some are in the evening. You can call into any of those study groups because we want you, even though you're not physically together, we want you to still fellowship with other believers. And study groups are a great opportunity to ask questions. They're basically Bible studies that we do via conference call or via, um, some of them are in person, but not right now, um, via conference call or um, video conferencing or, or, or whatever. Um, you want to do that. There are some that are welcome, that are specifically for families with small children. If you go to our website, you can find out all the information about our study groups. I want you to connect with believers. I want you to renew your faith. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it tonight. Just as simple as I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus died on the cross for me. You don't have to stop doing anything or start doing anything. Your first step is to just be a believer. And believing is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not an unction. It's just simply a choice. I'm choosing to believe that Jesus died for me. I'm choosing to believe that he's the Messiah, that he is the son of God, that he walked this earth sinless. He died on a cross for me. He was the last lamb, the last sacrifice, and he did that just for me. And if you do that, on tonight. If you send us an email, we'll send you a welcome to the kingdom package. It's a wonderful um, ebook and newsletter and to get you started. And um, we just want to be a blessing to you. So I pray that this blessed you. I will see you guys. I won't see you, but I'll hear you. I won't hear you, but you'll hear me <laughs> next Thursday or next Friday um, for a new episode of Study Apply Thrive. Have a wonderful day. Stay calm, stay blessed, work on your plans, spend time with God, and you will be better when all of this is over. God bless. <laughs>